Join us now for Health for Life, brought to you by Hamilton Healthcare System. Today we're talking with Dr. Angel Brown of Hamilton Physician Group Specialty Care in Dalton. I'll tell you, Dr. Brown, it's great having you here. Thanks for being on the show. Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Dr. Brown is a pulmonologist at Hamilton Physician Group Specialty Care at 1243 Broderick Drive, Dalton. As part of Hamilton Physician Group Specialty Care, Dr. Brown provides treatment for respiratory diseases, including asthma, bronchitis, COPD, occupational lung diseases, lung cancer, and pulmonary fibrosis. Dr. Brown, can you tell us more about what kind of treatments you provide to your patients? Absolutely. Like you mentioned, pulmonary medicine or pulmonology, it encompasses all diseases that impact the airway and that starts at your nose and goes down into your lungs. It also impacts types of treatments or um, symptoms. So shortness of breath, coughing, chest discomfort. In addition to those I do treat asthma, which is a disease typically found in childhood, but essentially is an inflammation or swelling on the inside of your airways that's usually caused by inhaling something your airways do not like. Also COPD, which is also chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, and this is traditionally thought of as smoking-related. In addition, cystic fibrosis, which is an unfortunate genetic or inherited condition that infects the lungs by creating lots of mucus, um, more mucus than your body can handle, as well as disease to your pancreas. Tuberculosis, which is a very contagious infection that happens in the lung. Lung cancer, like we mentioned and we'll discuss later. Pulmonary fibrosis, which is a form of interstitial lung disease that causes scarring. Now, are there times that uh, a patient will come to you and they're not able to get the air out of their lungs so they can't get new air in? Absolutely. And so that sensation when a patient's describing it, they unfortunately, all they can say is they can't breathe. And if you actually listen to their lungs and their speech patterns, sometimes they can say one or two words. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes they can just say yes or no. But essentially um, what they will say is, I don't know why I can't get air in. And it's because their lungs themselves, your lungs will adapt to whatever you throw at them. And because over time they have inhaled a lot of air, their air have narrowed or become inflamed and they can't push all of that air out, which is what we should be able to do in between breaths, the air kind of stacks. And air stacking on top of air just causes lungs to stretch even more. You reach a capacity where the lungs have no more stretch and you actually cannot inhale because there's no place left for air to go. And it's a very terrifying situation. That would be very scary. Dr. Brown, as a pulmonologist, I'm sure that you see patients who have lung cancer. Can you tell us more about lung cancer? Yes, absolutely. So I do see patients that have lung cancer. I also see patients who unfortunately came to me for one reason or another and end up getting imaging and it shows something abnormal that might be lung cancer. So it's a unique situation. Now, lung cancer is not only something you get if you smoke. Fortunately or unfortunately, some people think that all smokers will develop lung cancer, and that's absolutely not true. There's lots of other things that go into making someone predisposed for lung cancer. People who don't smoke can develop lung cancer as well. So it's a matter of knowing the person's background. So for people who smoke, we know that the majority of a certain type of lung cancer is caused by cigarette smoke, which is why we try and hammer so hard to quit smoking. Mm -hmm. But there is a type of lung cancer that 
is prevalent in people who have never smoked and in individuals who are younger in age than the smoking-related cancers. So when we think about cancer in general of the lung, essentially if someone comes to me and I know that they are usually over 65, um, I know they've been smoking for quite a while, I will have discussions with them about stopping smoking and really the main thing I'm trying to prevent happening is them being diagnosed with a lung cancer down the line because I know that um, 80% of lung cancer deaths unfortunately are due to smoking and former smokers as well as current smokers. That kind of weighs heavily as opposed to when I'm seeing a young person who has never smoked before, unless they have a family history of lung cancer or an occupation that kind of makes lung cancer more worrisome. Now, what about secondhand smoke? There are quite a few spouses that I've had to diagnose with lung cancer who have never smoked a day in their lives, oh my but goodness. they did live with individuals who smoked rather heavily, two to three or more packs per day, and their only risk factor actually is secondhand smoke. Well, you mentioned occupational hazards. A lot of factory workers in our town uh, maybe working around dust and things like that. Is that something that could contribute to lung cancer, or does it have to be something than specific, a specific kind of dust or, or chemical. If you smoke and you also work around a chemical called asbestos, um, which has been used in everything, dental hygienists uh, were exposed to asbestos because it makes perfect molds for teeth. People who work in construction, uh, shipyards, military service, um, asbestos is a great insulator and it's fire retardant. So it, and it's inexpensive and found in the ground. So it's been used everywhere since the 1940s through present day. Those individuals are more prone to developing a type of cancer called mesothelioma that affects the lining of the lung. Individuals who work around silica and a lot of people who work in construction will work around brick dust, which has silica in it. That unfortunately is a risk factor for lung cancer Does as silica well. come from sand? Silica does come from sand. Silica, in addition to being a risk for lung cancer, can also cause other lung diseases that may be permanent as well. But it is from sand or pounded ground up cement will contain silica. Beryllium is another chemical that typically is harmless, but if you work around large quantities of it and do inhale it, it is a risk factor for cancer. Um, individuals that work around uranium and radon, which is a byproduct of decaying uranium, which is found ubiquitously. It's found in rocks and soil throughout the country. Is that radioactive? It is a radioactive material, and it is something that people do test for in homes. Radon out in the environment doesn't cause as much problems as when it's confined to a small space like a basement. Arsenic, which is not very prevalent here, but in other countries, they found it in China where there's high quantities of it actually in the drinking water, and that can lead to lung cancer. So there's quite a few chemical occupational exposures in addition to smoking, but unfortunately, tobacco, cigarette smoke is the most frequent cause for lung cancer in the United States. So you, you sometimes are with people who are around an occupational hazard and they smoke too. The person, unfortunately, with the occupational exposures, even if they smoke the same amount in the same number of years, the same cigarettes per day, has a higher incidence of developing lung cancer than the person who is just smoking. Got you. I understand. So your environment does play a huge role as well as your diet. People who eat more fruits and vegetables have a leaner diet 
uh, less likely to develop cancers, including lung cancer. So what are the foods we need to avoid? The foods that probably most people think taste the best. Things that are, that are high in fat, um, high in animal protein. So it's thought better to get your protein from nuts, vegetables instead. Overall, to lower one's cancer risk, it takes kind of a whole body approach. So yes, quitting smoking is absolutely number one, but also being fit, exercising. And when it comes to inhaled things, that would include cigars, e-cigarettes, vaping, marijuana can have tar in it that also would predispose someone to lung cancer. But there's lots of there, there's lots of things, actually, that can increase one's risk for lung cancer. But you hear a lot of talk nowadays about vaping. And vaping is absolutely dangerous for a multitude of reasons. I have added no vaping or e-cigarettes to my <laughs> to ah. my counseling on tobacco cessation because lots of people, mostly they have a friend. My friend was able to quit cigarettes by using vaping. And I said, do you understand vaping is so new that the consequences of it are not even known yet? But we do know that it is is a risk factor for lung cancer. We do know that there are chemicals in the vape that can deposit in the lung and cause damage to the lung tissue. So it is absolutely not a good alternative to cigarette smoke or tobacco smoke. Well, now there's a lot of people listening to to this radio show that smoke. Uh, They may smoke cigars, pipes, um, or they may vape. What are some of the symptoms of lung cancer? So lung cancer, cancer in general, unfortunately, is usually symptomless unless it has become very advanced. And we like to catch people before that. So um, I will talk about early detection a little bit later. But um, some symptoms, if someone has a lung cancer, would be recurrent infections. On routine chest x-rays, something in the lung that could be cancer may look like a routine pneumonia. The person may have an annoying hacking cough, or they may have what's called a wet cough that produces sputum. Mm -hmm. They may have some fevers, low grade. And these things I'm saying sound very similar to someone who might have a cold or flu virus. But cancer is sneaky and it can present that way. They may have some chest discomfort, but cancer usually is not painful unless it's advanced and has gotten into bones. Lung cancer itself, if it's in the airway, that's usually when people will be more symptomatic with more of coughing, sometimes coughing up blood. Coughing up any amount of blood, I would say, uh, should be a red flag for you to see your primary care doctor or go to the emergency department. Weight loss is a symptom of cancer in general, but lung cancer, absolutely. And sometimes the person will notice I'm eating as much as I've always been eating and I'm still losing weight. And that's a big red flag because cancer needs fuel and it will steal whatever it can from you. The lack of appetite uh, that happens when people have cancer is more of a later finding. So some of the early things seem pretty benign and you don't want to scare people. But if you've had a cough and you're not someone who typically has a cough, call your doctor call your doctor. They could do a routine imaging or direct you to a pulmonologist that could help troubleshoot. And I have found individuals who had no symptom of cancer and were never on my radar for cancer. And I've done CT scans because they've had a persistent cough for weeks or months. And the CT scan has found sometimes uh, small cancer places and sometimes very large in people with no symptoms whatsoever. So I would say um, know your body. If you're experiencing a symptom, cough, shortness of breath, unusual chest discomfort, weight loss, coughing up blood, 
call your providers. No one is ever going to fault you for bringing a symptom to our attention. And you know you better than we could possibly know you. And we appreciate your help. Just briefly, let's talk about early detection and how we would find it. Oh, that's important. It is very important. So what we've done is empowered primary care doctors, nurse practitioners, and physicians assistants. Um, We've given them some data and tools to know who to look for lung cancer in. So essentially, if you're 55 years to 77 years old, if you have a history of tobacco smoke um, where you've smoked more than 30 pack years, and pack years is strange medical talk for... What does that um, mean? If you smoked one pack of cigarettes a day... Um, for 30 years, that equals 30 pack years. Gotcha. If you've smoked two packs of cigarettes per day for 15 years, that is 30 pack years. So it's not uncommon for a pulmonologist to meet someone who has a 50 or 70 or 150 pack year history of tobacco when they are in fact not 150 years old. Okay. So we've given that information to doctors who are not lung doctors um, so that they know this person is at risk for lung cancer and maybe I should screen them. So the screening is actually something called a low-dose CT scan or CAT scan. And essentially what this is something that provides a low dose of radiation enough so that it can look at the lung architecture or the meat of the lung, the airways of the lung, and identify any small speck also known as a nodule that's found in the lung. And based on your smoking history, if a nodule is found, it lets me know if you are someone who needs to be biopsied or triaged or followed for potential for lung cancer. Great having you on the show today. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed being here. For more information or an appointment at Hamilton Physician Group Specialty Care, call 706-529-3072. Call 706-529-3072 or visit hamiltonhealth.com slash specialty care. And for more information on Hamilton's Lung Nodule Clinic, call 706 706- Five two nine three zero seven two. Call seven zero six five two nine. 3072. Thank you for listening to Health for Life, a presentation of Hamilton Healthcare System. This program in no way seeks to diagnose or treat illness or to replace professional medical care. Please see your health care provider if you have a health problem. When a loved one is recovering at home from an injury, surgery, or illness, or needs assistance with disease management at home, Hamilton Home Health is here to help. Hamilton has provided compassionate, expert medical care in Northwest Georgia for over 30 years. Our nurses, social workers, and physical, occupational, and speech therapists work together to provide excellent medical care in the comfort of your home. Hamilton Home Health, 706-226-2848.